ever seen one of these uh these giant uh, food production places but like pretty much there's they look like a, a giant city and it's just you, you go inside these ginormous factories and there's thousands of ovens and cookies you know and machines and, and like every, every 10 steps is like a completely different food um and, and it's just like these massive massive complex and i asked him you know what is his innovation what he was doing and similar to you know the at least the issues that you were addressing he told me that in a certain sense this was his innovations where he would we're take something like fresh bread, right? So, you you know, you, when you talk about e-commerce, you're talking about changing experience. It's hard to imagine buying fresh bread from anywhere but a bakery, right? Or, or or a store. Why would you order it online? So he told me, you know, he he doesn't. And this is a guy who's doing. You know, he told me this is like this is like a three hundred million dollar a year, uh, you know, a venture. He told me that the fresh people are ordering fresh bread online. He doesn't even speak. He doesn't even reach out to Costco, to Walmart. You know, he doesn't reach out to supermarkets anymore. He brings the experience online. He starts off with Amazon, and then he additionally, every uh, brand has its own website. Everybody who comes to him to create food, he, he tells them, we're not going to Costco. We're not going to the Dollar Tree. We're not going here to stores, just online. And he's not dealing with, you know, packaged things. You know, like I'm looking next to me, like I have a bag of Doritos. Like he's not talking about something like that. He's talking about fresh food. It's it, that experience of, of 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 something fresh, but but to your it's bringing it to your door. You're not actually going to a physical place. If if you would have told me a few years ago, you know, I'd buy books on Amazon, you know, I'd buy packaged goods on Amazon, but fresh artisan bread, you know, that's unbelievable. But after I heard that, you know, after after what I heard, just heard you that. People are going to be missing part of that experience of fresh bread. People are moving online anyways. And the question is now in my mind, so how are you going to take away that missed sort of, uh, you know, experience of fresh food and give it to people, you know, through the internet? You know, it's very easy to do yeah. with, with, you know, with, with, with non-food-based items. But I would say food-based items are probably the last, you know, the end of the trend. And now I'm, and, and now once I hear you hear you say that, I'm thinking, you know what, I could really see that being the future. You know, um, you know, I I know they tried the 4D movies where that with like the scratch. I don't know if you ever saw it. They had like a they give you a scratch and sniff card, and like you know when the numbers flash on screen, you know you smell the card. But I could see a future now, and I really think about it, a future where, where you have goggles instead of. And also just tangentially, he told me the biggest problem, one of the other problems he has is when you go to stores, besides paying rent, you're paying to get on the shelves of stores. But if I could put on glasses and be in a bakery and they could augment that smell, if they could augment that experience, I'm never walking into a bakery again. You know, especially post COVID, you know, especially, you know, it just why if I could be in my own living room and look and see, you know, I could really see where that's going. I mean, look, you, you might see a day where, where that bread is 3d printed in your kitchen, uh, you know, and, and you're not ordering it from anyone, you know, that that's certainly something that's not off the table by any means. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think, uh, it's funny you bring up the bread example because there, there are certain things people are hesitant to do online, right? One of them is ordering food, uh, ordering clothing. Some people are still not into, into that. They still like to go to a store and feel something and have that, have that physical in-person experience, which 
um, yeah, that's one thing you cannot really get virtually. Um, yeah. You know, I think during the pandemic, uh, a lot of people, uh, research has shown, have, have shopped online in, in ways that they had never done before. Um, it's not necessarily the experience that you would have in a store. What, what typically people are sold on is the convenience of it. Um, but, you know, kind of shifting gears to what you were saying about retailers and, and, and how, you know, someone is selling bread online to people and they're not, it's not going to a bakery. They're not picking it up at the supermarket. I, I see that as a good thing. I think brands win and I think consumers win because, and nothing against retailers. Retailers will always be around, I, I believe in some capacity, but retailers are not good for brands. Um, they cost a lot of money. You have to pay a lot of money to have your product in those stores. The retailers tend to eat all the margins, which wreaks havoc on the quality and value that the end consumer is getting. So in a world where you remove the retailer, you have a direct connection between the brand and the product and the consumer. What that allows is there's no middleman. You don't have to worry about how beautiful your display case looks at the end of the aisle because you're controlling the whole message. What it also means is you don't have this retailer taking all this margin. So brands can spend more money on marketing. They can spend more money on improving their customer experience. They can lower their prices and they can increase the quality of the product that they're producing. So again, at the end of the day, the consumer wins and the brand wins. Um, retailers can kill a brand. Retailers do kill brands. Oftentimes, uh, in in the fashion industry, uh, that my you know my mom worked in fashion for many years, so I, I always heard this from her. The toughest part about her business was that the retailers kill them. They cancel orders. They have these impossible contracts that people can't turn down. It's an offer you can't refuse, but they they don't care. They, they eat all the margin. The retailers are the only ones that have a shot at making money in a lot of these cases. So again, I don't want to hate on retailers, but um, I do think it is better for everyone that, that brands have that direct connection. And again, when you have more trust with a brand, I do trust that when you're going to deliver me this loaf of bread, if I don't have that experience of going into the bakery, I trust that it's going to be fresh. You've probably shown me that it's fresh. I, I can have more trust that this is fresh, local, whatever it may be, because I, I have more of a direct communication going on um, at that point. So we're definitely heading more in that direction. I, it's good for small business. Um, that will ultimately be the resurgence of small business that I think we've needed for quite some time, is their ability to be nimble and go digital. Yeah, uh, speaking about that, you know, especially during the COVID pandemic, you know, have you seen any, you know, obviously, you know, straight to e-commerce was probably, you know, pretty foreseeable for most people, but did you find any other trends that, uh, that might be interesting either for, especially from an advertising standpoint, where, you know, maybe, you uh, certain public events, you know, as you mentioned, you know, sponsorships are very big. You know, when I walk through the city, I'm New York City, you know, there are billboards everywhere, you know, on taxi cabs, everywhere you look, there's an advertisement. Has the nature of how we think about advertising changed, you know, uh, it, dur during this, uh, dur during the shift to e-commerce, during the shift to, uh, you know, to more, to less, uh, to less large events? Um, well, you know, 
in the world where advertising was not all around us, I mean, that that has changed. It's, it is everywhere you look physically and it's everywhere you look virtually. Um, in terms of how it's changed, you know, advertising at events and advertising out, you know, billboards in public, that's all about going to where the people are. Um, certainly at points during the pandemic when you see, you know, for example, I had an out-of-home campaign that I was working on that got canceled because people were not out of home. Um, you realize that your digital strategy needs to be not just part of your marketing mix, it needs to be at the forefront. The way people look at advertising differently now is it's less of a nuisance, the more personalized and targeted it becomes. So we hate that, you know, in, in some cases we get very frustrated when we realize how much data advertisers are collecting from us. Um, they, they know everything about us everything and they will continue to know more they are yeah. watching us they are monitoring us they are listening to us but i told i'll tell you this i looked at my at youtube the other day because they can they, they they show you not just uh now now they show you not just um you know uh what type of advertisements but they they tell you each kind of search that you did that led them to believe they're going to show you this advertising and I, and I got like a little frustrated when i saw like how many searches they had and how well they pinned me so i turned that off and I got really, then, then I started seeing these ads and I'm like, these have nothing to do with me. These are so annoying. You know, why are they showing me this? So I turned it back on because I actually liked it better when it was personalized. Exactly the point I was driving at. Ad personalization has changed the game. Uh, people don't mind watching ads as much if it applies to them. If I'm watching TV and I see an ad for a tampon, they, they, there's a technical term for that, that that sort of ties into just wasted marketing dollars, but that doesn't do anything for me. Um, if I can maybe pay a higher CPM or eCPM and reach just the people that I need to reach in an effective way on a platform that they're not going to mind watching my ad, again, it, it, it's better all around. Brands don't feel like they have to waste money because uh, you know the location of their ad doesn't have their audience perfectly. They can reach just their audience now. And for a consumer... The stigma of ads can kind of go away a little bit. There will be a day where out-of-home ads are going to be personalized. What you're looking at, you might see a different ad than I do. In what capacity do you see that? So they're already kind of doing that um, in a sense. So for example, like I'm saying, you and I would look at the same billboard. You would see one ad, I would see another. That's being done now uh, with Major League Baseball uh, behind home plate. Some of those ads, you can kind of see it if you look closely during a broadcast, but a lot of those are green screened. So depending on what network you're watching it on, if you're watching it on something like YouTube TV, they can actually superimpose an ad oh, wow. on the on the actual alpha channel ad um, based on who you are and what they want to show you. That is TV. actually amazing. Wow. So if you're is, at the stadium, you just see a green screen. That is so smart. That That's actually one of the best ideas I've ever heard. Yeah. And and it, they've been doing it for a while now. Um, but that's just an example of, you know, really that's the direction we're going in. And we're going in that direction faster and faster every year. Yeah. I, I could see how everyone wins. I'm just thinking about that scenario. I, I could see how everyone wins there. Because now, firstly, you know, the baseball stadium, they they can charge more for uh, you know for each person who wants to superimpose 
their logos on it. Ad additionally, now every uh, channel can say, like you said, you know, perhaps that uh, tampons won't make so much sense for one, uh, you know, for one medium versus the other. You know, uh, just the example used. I can't think offhand why YouTube versus you know, t you know, a live TV would be any different. But but I'm sure there's uh, people. There are there are people who are paid a lot more than I do to figure that out. And yeah, and any advertiser can be there now. Any advertiser can be there. So, so that's kind of where I was going with my next question. Where now, how do you bring that to small business? Because in a certain sense, a lot of this stuff is very expensive. If I were to do my own VR thing for this network, you know, that would cost a lot of money. But how do I then personalize and say for my small businesses, how can I be bring it to the customer? That that that's a good question, and that you know, it gets kind of tricky. Um, I, I personally, I, I've, I've not really done marketing for a small business before. Um, although some of the principles are the same, you know, I've had the luxury of not having to work with too small of budgets where, you know, for, for a really small business, for example, like a small fashion brand, um, even though we were simulating that for small businesses for Amex, um, Amex was paying for all the technology. Those businesses could have never afforded to produce an AR experience. So to answer your question, I think the answer has yet to come. Um, where do I think it's going? You know, 3D is a very expensive thing to do. And ultimately, if you want to showcase your products at scale, 3D is a really great way to do that, to give someone the ability to virtually see um, you know, uh, your, your product in their environment, uh, a, a t-shirt on them, a car in their driveway, a painting on their wall, a couch in their living room, whatever that may be, giving them the ability to do that, see it and then buy it. The new iPhones have LiDAR scanners in them and they're not perfect, but they can scan objects in 3D. They have object detection, they have surface detection, and it processes very quickly. I can map out my entire living room with my iPhone in a matter of minutes. Um, that's incredible. Now you see where that is now. Imagine where it's going to be in five years from now. So going back to what I was saying, the, the, the solution is not there yet. The technology will become more accessible to a point where these businesses will be able to create experiences um, at scale at a lower cost. So as the cost of entry goes down, it opens up to smaller businesses. But yeah, there is a struggle right now. But the problem is bigger brands are sometimes not experimenting. So, you know, uh, again, they, they might not be too far behind when, when finally that catches up to them. I hear, I think it'll be a very exciting place where if for the future, you know, I could reach out, you know, with a small or, or a really small business can reach out to someplace like MLB and say, you know, I want, you know, this quarter of the screen for this 10 minutes to show my ad. I, I, that's where I, you know, based off what you're saying, that's where I could see it, you know, or similarly what you were saying with the Amex AR experience, I can understand in a certain way where I could see a major company is going to build a platform uh, almost in an e-commerce fashion and other people can go on and tag themselves in. I definitely can see I could definitely can see where that where small business can uh, you know get a piece of that. Well, think of Shopify, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
you know, before Shopify, before Amazon, before some of these major behemoths existed, not, not so much Amazon, let's go with Shopify for a second. That gives any business the ability to sell their products at scale with a professionally developed e-commerce platform that they can completely customize. You used to have to build those out from scratch. Now a local business has almost no excuse for not selling outside of their local area. You have no excuse. If, if I make surfboards in California, there's no reason why I shouldn't be selling my products online globally. You can list on Alibaba. You can go on Etsy. You can be taking international orders for your business in a very short amount of time. Um, so the accessibility of that is there, and that has completely changed the reach of small businesses. Um, it gives them a weapon that was previously held only by companies and brands that had money, that had the money to invest in building out their infrastructure. Um, accepting payments, look at how easy it is for someone to accept credit card payments now. You know, you could set up a lemonade stand for tomorrow morning and accept credit card payments. Um, that's unheard of. That's unheard of, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And it's only going to get faster and it's only going to get more accessible. So going back to that, that small businesses have to be crafty to find their scale. The tools that are going to allow them to build experiences will eventually reach a point where, again, you could model a 3D object very quickly. You could scan your retail location and have people experience it virtually. Um, it won't be as much of an exclusive club anymore. Yeah, that'll be the day. It's, it's pretty crazy. 